Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, July 24th, 2022, and we are live. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Well, it's been a very, very busy weekend, and I was one of the presenters this weekend at the 11th Annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo, the virtual expo that took place. It's just wrapping up right now. And uh, I was a presenter on Saturday evening. I did a uh, presentation dealing with why 80% of African-American-owned businesses go out of business in the first 18 months. So people really liked my presentation, and I spoke uh, a couple times today for a few minutes as well. So uh, shout out to Queen Thais and everybody uh, who helped organize the uh, conference today. All right. So on today's show, uh, we're going to give you an update on Bruce's Beach. You know, we've been talking about periodically here on the show uh, the story of Bruce's Beach and the uh, beachfront beachfront property that was owned by um, African-Americans in uh, California uh, in uh, Manhattan Beach area in the early 1900s. And that property was taken in 1912 by eminent domain. Well, the property has been returned uh, to the family. Los Angeles County has returned the property to the family. Uh, one estimate puts the value of the property at about $75 million today. So we'll, we'll talk some about uh, uh, Bruce's Beach and we'll talk some about the um, the property being returned to the family. Black Families Heirs has a multi-million dollar beachfront property returned after decades uh, and it was returned by uh, LA County. Uh, and then we'll talk, uh, you, you know, the January 6th, uh, committee here, hearing, the AIDS committee hearing took place on uh, Thursday, uh, July 21st, Thursday, July 21st. And this uh, particular committee hearing dealt with the 187 minutes um, that Donald Trump did nothing to stop the insurrection that was taking place. Okay. Uh, this is January 6th, 2021. Uh, it focused on 187 minutes, and he was sitting up watching uh, Fox News, uh, having a good time watching the uh, insurrection that he uh, largely incited. Okay. All right. So we'll discuss that as well. And then uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by uh, Keith Williams, uh, who's the organizer of uh, Soul Day 2022 here in Detroit, taking place, uh, taking place Saturday, July 30th, um, 2022. Okay. And we'll discuss that as well. What is Soul Day? And he had a huge turnout when he did it in, uh, 2019. And it's going to be a really big turnout, uh, this year also. And I'll be there as well for Soul Day. I'll have a vendor booth there, uh, also. All right. Uh, I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday, and we talked about uh, the January 6th insurrection. Uh, we talked about the hearing, the, 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 uh, the 8th uh, January 6th hearing. And we also spoke with 
Capitol Hill police officer Harry Dunn. And many of you have seen Harry Dunn. He's an African-American police officer. He's six seven, um, so he's been very vocal on what happened that day. So I'm going to share an excerpt of that uh, interview uh, as well, that I because I got a chance to ask him a question. And then also um, Byron Allen is back in the news. Uh, Byron Allen has purchased the Black News Channel. Byron Allen has purchased the Black News Channel. You know, we talked about the Black News Channel filing for bankruptcy uh, back in uh, March of 2022. And they stopped live programming. They started a little bit of new programming. Don't know if it's live. They started a little bit of new programming now. But um, this past week, uh, Byron Allen purchased the uh, Black News Channel, which is in bankruptcy, he purchased it for $11 million from billionaire Shahid Khan, uh, Pakistani-American billionaire Shahid Khan, who's the owner of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars NFL team. So we'll talk about this as well. This is a big move. I'm glad he purchased it. And I know some of the people who are over at the Black News Channel, you can have me on as well. Uh, if you like as a panelist or if you want to offer me a show, I will take that as well. Um, so, you know, I'm not greedy, but we'll talk about that story also. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, let's correct your own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you haven't taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events and history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, uh, love, sex, relationships, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T. The 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, text the word Kemet, K E M E T, the 22828. Also visit our new website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. And um, we have information there as well. Okay, call in numbers 313 778 7600. 313 778 7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. All right, I want to go to uh, this first story here. This deals with Bruce's Beach. We, we've been talking about this story for uh, dealing with Bruce's Beach for about a year and a half or so. And uh, we'll, go to, we'll go to clip number one here in just a minute, Jalen. Uh, we were going to talk about it on Roller Martin Unfiltered on Friday, but we ran out of time. Uh, CBS News has this story. Uh, CBS News has this uh, article, Los Angeles County turns seized beachfront property to black families' heirs. Uh, Los Angeles County returns uh, seized beachfront property to black families' heirs. And this is from uh, July 20th, 2022. So the uh, Los Angeles County officials on Wednesday, this was um, this past Wednesday, July 20th, presented the deed to prime California oceanfront property to the heirs of a black couple who built a beach resort 
for African-Americans. They built a beach resort for African-Americans, but they were harassed by the Ku Klux Klan and other white supremacists. And finally, they were stripped of the land nearly a century ago. They were stripped of the land in, um, uh, wasn't 1912. Uh, uh, they purchased the land in 1912. They were stripped of the land in 1920s. Okay. I think it's right around, uh, 1924. Or so when they were stripped of the land. All right. Now, uh, let's see, let me go back to this here. Okay. So the event marked the final step in a complex effort to address the long ago wrong suffered by Charles and Willa Bruce, Charles Bruce who are entrepreneurs whose resort on the shore of the now upscale city of Manhattan Beach was known as Bruce's Beach, Bruce's Beach. Now against the backdrop of waves of washing, uh, of waves washing onto the sunny Manhattan Beach shoreline, County Registrar uh, Recorder Dean Logan, County Registrar Recorder again, handed a certified copy of the land transfer to Anthony Bruce. Now, Anthony Bruce is a great, great grandson of the Bruce family. Uh, state Senator Stephen Bradford, who authored a state bill that was necessary to enable the county to transfer the land to the heirs, said it, it will not reverse the injustice. It will not reverse the injustice. He's correct, but you needed politics and politicians to draft a bill to be able to give the land back to this African-American family. Because politics, the legal distribution is scarce wealth, power, and resources, and it impacts every aspect of our lives. So those who think we don't need to deal with politics, we just need to do economic empowerment and build five-story buildings and do like the Asians do, well, they engaged in economic empowerment and their land was taken by law by politicians. But it represents a bold step in the right direction, uh, Representative Stephen Bradford said. I'm sorry, State Senator Stephen Bradford, who authored uh, the state bill that allowed this land transfer to take place. But it represents a bold step in the right direction. It represents a template for other states to follow. Uh, I want to go to this clip here because break. I want to go to uh, clip, clip number one. Uh, Jalen, this is from uh, NBC News. And this deals with the uh, land being given back. This is from uh, NBC News, uh, Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Let's go to this clip, please. Now public land, a hundred years ago, Manhattan Beach was barely developed. But on this small sliver of sand was a kind of paradise. For in rigidly segregated Los Angeles, black Californians were welcome on what was called Bruce's Beach. Two beaches in our area, this one and Santa Monica, Inkwell Beach. Janice Hahn is a Los Angeles County supervisor. African Americans were not even allowed to swim at the beach. Here was lodging, a cafe, and a dance hall built by Charles and Willa Bruce. I own this land, and I'm going to keep it, Willa Bruce told the Los Angeles Times in 1912. Hated by their neighbors, harassed by the Ku Klux Klan, the Bruces refused to budge. So the local town council condemned the property through public domain, claiming it was needed for a park. The land sat vacant for decades. I think anyone knows how hard it is to become dispossessed. That in itself is a, it's a grave um, 
puncture. Derek Bruce is a great-grandson of Charles and Willa Bruce. And so that's what our family has gone through, is a grave wounding. Returning the property to the Bruce family became a rallying cry two summers ago as the nation reckoned with racism. Today, that act of reparation became official. To rectify this historic injustice that was done to the Bruce family. The Bruce descendants will lease the land back to the county for now. The county has offered to buy it back from them for $20 million. Does this feel like justice to you? In a way it does. In a way it does feel like justice. But Derek Bruce says the emphasis should not be on celebration, but on reconciliation. And we have to understand that uh, there is a path forward to uh, human beings treating each other uh, with respect and dignity. Harry Smith, NBC News, Los Angeles. All right. So great reporting from uh, Harry Smith for NBC News. Okay, uh, I want to go back to this uh, article here quickly from uh, CBS News. Los Angeles County returns seized beachfront property to black families heir. So if we go back to this here and coming up on the break, calling numbers 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a quick question or comment. Now, the land was purchased by the Bruce family in 1912. They suffered racist harassment from white neighbors. And in the 1920s, the Manhattan Beach City Council condemned the property and took the land through eminent domain. They, they condemned the property and took the land through eminent domain. So that's dealing with law. That's dealing with policies. Okay. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, pond resources, and the writing of law, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. Even billionaires need politicians to write laws that are favorable to them. This is why you had billionaires who wanted, uh, uh, Trump and, and Republicans to pass the $1.4 trillion uh, tax tax cut that be, that benefited the Republicans' billionaire donors. That deals with politics and law. Now, the city ever did nothing with the pro property, and it was transferred to the state of California in 1948. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It's Sunday, July 24th, 2022. Call the numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. 
Okay, uh, I'm going to go back to this article here dealing with Bruce's beach, uh, beachfront property um, in the Manhattan Beach, uh, Manhattan Beach, city of Manhattan Beach in California that was taken from this African-American family in 1924 through eminent domain. If we go back to this article from CBSNews.com, uh, it talks about in 1995. 1995, the state of California transferred um, the property to to Los Angeles County with restrictions against further transfers. Los Angeles County built its lifeguard training headquarters on this property, which also includes a small parking lot. Now, Janice Hahn, H-A-H-N, a member of the County Board of Supervisors, learned about the property's history and launched the complex process of returning the property to the heirs of the Bruce's uh, of the Bruce family after consulting county attorneys. So once again, you're dealing with politics and law and you're dealing with those who have political power to actually make this happen. Uh, she, she said, quote, they told me nothing like this had ever been done before. Nothing like this had ever been done before. Uh, Janice Hahn told the gathering, adding that such a move is now no longer unprecedented. Now, in addition, the state legislation um, in the state of California, in addition to the state legislation, the transfer required votes by the board as well as a process of identifying who should get the land as well as a process of identifying who should get the land. Now the county, Los Angeles County, ultimately determined that Marcus and Derek Bruce, the great grandsons of Charles and Willa Bruce are their legal heirs. So legal heirs, once again, you're dealing with law. The great grandsons formed a company to hold the property when you form a company to hold the property, that's a legal process. You have to deal with law to form legally formed companies. The great grandsons formed a company to hold the property and LA County announced an agreement for the property to be leased back to the county for 24 months. Okay, so lease is a contract, which once again deals with law. They're, they're going to lease, the county will lease it, uh, the, the uh, great-grandsons will lease it back to the county for 24 months with an annual rent of $413,000 plus an operation and maintenance cost, plus an operation and maintenance cost, and the county's right to purchase the land for up to $20 million. If they purchase it for up to $20 million, that's a real estate deal, which then is a legally binding contract that does a law as well. Hopefully, uh, when they got the land back, hopefully they don't have to pay property taxes on the land. They should not have to pay property taxes on the for, for however many years the uh, the 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 city and the state and the county has had control of this land. That's how many free years of property taxes the Bruce Ayers should uh, get on this land. They should not have to pay property taxes on this for like the next 70 years or something like that. 70 years, almost 100 years, what have you. All right. Now, there was a uh, also an article as well from 
CNN.com. And we were going to talk about this on Roller Martin Unfiltered Friday when I was on uh, Friday, uh, July 22nd, but we ran out of time. This is one of one of the topics that we were supposed to discuss. So CNN.com also has an article dealing with this. And we posted about this on our Facebook fan page. The African History Network got over a thousand likes um, as well. So be sure to follow us on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. Turn on live notifications so you know when we go live. Also follow us on our YouTube channel, Michael Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, on YouTube. Uh, CNN has an interesting article uh, on this topic. Though. The rightful owners of Bruce's Beach finally get the official deed 98 years later, 98 years later. So they should have free property taxes for 98 years also okay so here's a picture of the um here's a picture of the celebration now in the article it talks about um if we uh, i want to go down to fifth paragraph from the bottom um known as bruce's beach uh, the resort had offered black families, let's see, we go to this, known as Bruce's Beach, the resort had offered black families a place to enjoy the California life and was a labor of love for the couple, Charles and, and uh, Willa Bruce. They purchased the land in 1912 for $1,225 and built several facilities, including a cafe and changing rooms. But harassment from white neighbors and the Ku Klux Klan tore away their dreams. The final blow came in 1924 when the city took pro took the property through eminent domain, through eminent domain and paid the couple a fraction of what they asked for. They paid they paid Charles and Willa Bruce a fraction of what they asked for. They basically stole the land. That's what it was. It's basically stealing the land. The city wanted the land for a park, but it sat there vacant for years before they actually built the park. So how how urgent was it for you to have this park? I mean, the the children you were going to build a park for were adults with children of their own by the time you built that park. The property, now estimated to be worth $20 million, was transferred to Los Angeles County in 1995. Now, there's one estimate that came from one of the family members. I think it was one of the family members. One estimate to put it at $75 million. But let's go with $20 million. Okay. We'll go with $20 million. This is uh, generational wealth that was lost here and generational wealth that is being reclaimed now the houses directly next to the property have price tags of around seven million dollars each um last year governor gavin newsom who survived a recall election that was financed by republicans and they propped up a brain damaged negro larry elder republican to run against him um last year governor gavin newsom democrat and thankfully he survived that re that nonsensical recall election uh, Gavin Newsom signed legislation that would enable the county to return the beachfront property to their descendants, which, which again means that you had to have the right people in place politically to facilitate this. Okay, because you needed a governor. It wasn't just state. It wasn't just just the state legislatures. It just it wasn't just the state legislators. You needed a governor to sign the bill into law to allow the transfer to take place. Imagine that. 
Nothing like this has ever happened before, Los Angeles County Supervisor Janice Hahn said on Wednesday. Um, okay, so read this article also from CNN.com as well. The rightful owners of Bruce's Beach finally get the official deed 98 years later. All right, because, you know, I, 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 I hear a lot of these financial gurus or whatever they want to call themselves. And they think you can operate and deal with economic empowerment and not deal with politics. You're hallucinating. The, the real world doesn't even work like that. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources, and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. Politics shapes your economy that your business operates within. Politics shapes the legal structure and the the, the laws that your business has to navigate through and operate within. So they had economic, the Bruce family had economic empowerment, but the, but the, but, but the, the white people said, we don't care about your economic empowerment. We still going to take your land from you. And they used the law to take the land from them. And here we use the law to take the land back. All right. We're coming up on a break. Well, we got a couple of minutes before the break. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Now, we have um, uh, Keith Williams coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to go to Keith Williams when we come back from the break. He's going to tell us about Soul Day. Soul Day is coming up July, uh, uh, Saturday, July 30th. 2022 and Keith Williams also a former Wayne County commissioner. So he understands politics as well. Um, Cause there's a whole lot of people talking about politics and things like this. Don't understand it. We had a fantastic uh, conference this weekend, the liberated minds, black homeschool and education expo. Okay. We had a fantastic, fantastic conference. Go to liberated minds, expo.com liberated minds, expo.com. Um, uh, for more information and, uh, some of the, uh, you're going to see some of those people, uh, there were about 78 vendors. So we were, we were a virtual vendor. Also the African history network. I did a presentation, um, as well. And some of those, uh, businesses, black businesses that were represented there, you're going to see them on our Facebook fan page, the African history network. And some of them I'm going to interview here on the African history network show. Also, uh, be sure to visit our website, the African history network.com. You can register for the, uh, online history classes. I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, they're on sale right now, uh, $60, regularly $130 ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. And uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968, we do the sessions live. They're archived and recorded. You can go back and watch them anytime. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Back from break in uh, four minutes. Back from break in two minutes. Stand by. Idaho Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman. 
DACA and ACTA present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas. A royal Pan-African summit hosting keynote speakers and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African royal coronation ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face -face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read e-books, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the Future Radio. All right. It is uh, Sunday, July 24, 2022. And on the line, we're joined by Keith Williams. Now, Keith Williams is the uh, organizer of the uh 2022 soul day and he um actually first did this back in 2019 and i know keith williams because we're on the board of grits and politics together uh but grit uh, but uh soul day is taking place saturday july 30th 2022 at uh northwestern high school and here to give us some more information about soul day and why you should be there is keith williams how you doing today keith okay so uh, yeah, so how are you doing tonight? Man? I'm, I'm all right, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, you know, it's so uh It started back in 1967 by Clarence P. Lee Harris. Yes. And, you know, the Clarence, uh, I met Clarence back in uh, 2019. And it was just by, it was just by God's will that we got together. And what happened was, I was skipping me. I'm a creative guy, and I want to do something to enhance black culture in the community. I said, I want to do a, uh, something like the Day of Soul. And so I have worked out with a guy named uh, Big C. He was Calvin Ayler. He died last year of a heart attack. Okay. He said, I want you this one. We're going to do you started something. I'm going to take you to Clarence P. We're here at 91. He lived right down the street from the TULC. Mm -hmm. So I went over to trade, trade union, talk. trade union leadership uh, council (TULC) here in Detroit on Grand River. Yeah, his son is always up in there. Mm -hmm. But he said to me, "I told him what I was trying to do." He says, "He said you don't have to do it. Uh, Soldier is yours. I run with it." And I felt so honored, just like my, uh, like my great, my, my father would give me his blessing to do something for the family. Okay, right. and I was so enamored. Uh, you know, we honored him. We did it at Walker's Rec Center. And at that time, I told the folks you know, in 2000, and 
that we're going to take it back to Northwestern. But what happened was the, the, the COVID hit, and it slowed down everything. The last two years, you know, I wasn't going to do it. But but this, when 2022 came, I said, I'm going to bring it back. And the theme is welcome back. And we're going to take it to the place where it all started at Northwestern High School. So, so day is July 30th. Uh, this is coming up Saturday right. from 12 to 9. Nine o'clock. Um, we got uh, Larry Lee back in the day band, notorious. We're gonna have um, poetry. Uh, we're gonna have all kinds of stuff. Um, the, the Northwestern School Marching Band. It just getting back to our black culture. What Clarence was trying to do. Clarence was a maker of men and women. He was a right. mentor. He was trying to. His whole thing was about the, the mentoring in black culture, and then and making sure they never left. Never forgot about what black culture is about and what the black culture can do with their lives. And he wanted to keep this thing above black folks to make sure that we don't get left behind. And I'm so enamored to have met that guy. He, uh, you know, he was up in age at the time. Right. But I still, I still get awestruck when I met him. Is that, yeah, I, I knew uh, Clarence uh, Harris as well. And, Back in the day, he used to bring Dr. Yosef Ben Yakinen here to Detroit to do lectures also. Um, so this is, uh, and we know Clarence passed away a year or two ago. Um, yeah. so, oh. Say that again? He died past up a year ago to Michigan of COVID. Okay, yeah, I thought he had COVID. Okay, yeah, so we all miss Clarence Harris. Um, so this is, this is a free event. And going back to Northwestern High School, so if the location is 2200 West Grand Boulevard, and I'm going to bring the flyer back up here on the screen again as well, 2200 West Grand Boulevard. So explain to people, wh why do you say going back to uh, Northwestern High School? Well, uh, at the time, I was, you know, when... Uh, well, I wasn't thinking about no, it was that time. I was just trying to get it started okay. in 2019. But more and more I got into it, I said, it, this event started in 1967 mm -hmm. and uh, up to 2007. And it laid dormant for all those many years. Okay. I said, let me get it started. But when, at the time of the shipping, when we were going through the festivities, I told, the, I told everybody, I said, we're taking this back to Northwestern. And I was going to do it in 2020. I couldn't, the COVID, like I said, right. uh, the pandemic hit. And then 2021, we were just trying to get through it. And so I said, this was the right time to bring it back in 2022. And the theme is called Welcome Back. Welcome Back. Okay. Now, the African History Network will be there also. I have a vendor booth so people can come check me out. I have my, my DVD lectures there. And uh, I'll be registering people for my online classes. You can talk to me. Ask me questions. Uh, so you're going to have Larry Lee. So you, you have live entertainment. It's a family-oriented event. Uh, you have Larry Lee and yeah. the Back in the Day band. Now, Larry Lee, he used to – didn't he win the Super Bowl? That's the same that Larry Lee. I know. Well, I know Larry from the Detroit Lions. He was vice president of parents player development back in the day when I knew him. He okay. probably went on to play with some other teams yeah. uh, that played in the Super Bowl. I, I yeah, because I, I know he call, played in the I NFL. Uh, yeah, he's my friend, so we're, we're good friends. Okay, yeah, I know he played in the NFL. Um, all right, so, and then you have um, uh, 
Charles and Gwen Scales. Now, Charles and Gwen Scales are legends. Say again? No, it's notorious. No, Charles gets Gwen. Charles and Gwen Scales are friends of mine, but they're not playing that. That's all day. It's notorious. We got, then we're doing Detroit uh, playing in Emeralds. I'm taking them back in the day a little bit. Okay. And uh, we got the UAW Gospel Choir. So it's going to be a fun, thrill, family filled uh, day. At North, exactly. at Northwestern on the on the the, uh, the backside of the, uh, uh, the football practice field. That's where it's going to be at. Okay, so and then you're going to have a, a giant bouncer uh, as well. That's the bounce house. You go, is that a bounce house? No, we're not. No, we're not. I'm eliminating. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to eliminate some things. Oh, okay. Because of uh, uh, like Billy and stuff. Not Billy. Okay. No, that makes sense. All I care, but I, this is what I'm telling people, Michael. Yeah. Come to have some fun. Leave the alcohol in the car, your drugs in the car. <laughs> just come have some time. And let's just have a family affair. Okay. And my two songs I love so do. So I slide the family songs, the family affair. That's going to be one of the songs in the old days. You know, okay. a family reunion. This is this is a, a family affair and a family reunion. Okay. Now, and then you have a Detroit historian speaking also? Yes, uh, we're still working on that. But from, from it's so many black stories about Northwestern. You can look in the crowd and just say, <laughs> right, right. If you want me to speak, let oh. me know also, Keith, because I'll be there. If you want me to speak, man, because I've been, I spoke at a black homeschooling conference this weekend. I, I spoke, uh, I'm on Roland Martin Unfiltered every Friday. I was on the Tammy Mac Late Show uh, on Fox Soul for Juneteenth. Uh, so I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, how can people. And now it says, please bring chairs and blankets. So people need to bring chairs and blankets, correct? Yeah. Because I'm yeah. looking at the flyer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how can people yeah, get... Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. In front of the stage, I might have like 200 chairs, but you never know with the sun, how, you know, the sun's going to be beaming. So I was asking for the chairs, and, you know, and uh, if they got chairs, you know, we got areas for them. We got everything sanctioned off. And, okay. uh, and back at where's, uh, where the festival is going to be held. But I'm just telling you, just come out and talk. Exactly. Okay, so it's free, it's, it's, it's free and open to the public, and there'll be vendors there also. Um, uh, how can people get more information? Is there a phone number, website? Uh, and are you accepting donations as well if people want to financially support yeah, you? Well, or are you a millionaire yeah, and you got everything covered? <laughs> okay. You, you know me, Mike. <laughs> I don't, I don't do nothing in the blind, you know. Right. But uh, courageous Inc. is a nonprofit. Nonprofit is putting this uh, event on. Courageous and games. So if you want to donate, the courageous Inc. Courageous it's a, Inc. It's a nonprofit that elevates kids like through sports. But we're now into the sports entertainment, part of the nonprofit world, and so. Uh, you can make the check out to Courageous Inc. Uh, the uh, the email is courageous underscore inc okay. at yahoo.com. Okay. Courageous underscore inc at yahoo.com. Okay. And is there a phone number people can call for more information? Yeah, 313 215 4121. That's my number. And give that email address again courageous underscore inc. INC. At yahoo.com. Okay, at yahoo.com. 
and um, uh, give you the phone number also. 313, what is it? 215-4121. 215-4121. Okay, we're going to get that up on the screen also. All right. Um, all right, Keith. Well, look, I will see you. Uh, thanks for calling in, and I will but see you. Can, can I say this to you? Yeah. Clarence, in my, we seemed like we was on similar trajectories. Mm-hmm. He was mentoring kids. I'm mentoring kids. People don't realize, know this. He went to Cass Tech first before he went to Northwestern. Okay. I'm not a Northwestern coach. I'm not a Northwestern coach, but I'm an honorary Northwestern coach. I got most of the friends I went to Eastern Michigan with that were my friends. So right. I, I, it's not when people say, why are you doing this? Because I love black people and I love black culture. Exactly. And, and uh, the friends with exemption what black culture was all about. All right, Keith. Have a good night, man. We're up against a break. Okay, I'll see you Saturday, okay? All right, peace. Thanks for calling in. All right, everybody. That was Keith Williams of uh, Soul Day 2022. So we'll see you there. Bring the family. And we'll get that flyer up at our website, African theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Okay, we're up against a break. Listen to the African History Network show. When we come back, we'll talk about the 8th, January 6th hearing. I'll let you hear some segments of Roland Martin Unfiltered where we discussed it. I'm Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few, in a few minutes. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation. Okay, calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Okay, so this past week on uh, Thursday, July 21st, we saw the um, 8th January 6th uh, committee hearing, the 8th January 6th committee hearing. Um, and this committee hearing focused on the 187 minutes uh, that Donald Trump did nothing to stop the January 6th uh, insurrection. OK, uh, the panel accused at this uh, hearing, the, the panel accused former President Donald Trump of dereliction of duty for fit, for failing to act to stop the assault on the Capitol that was carried out in his name. Now the committee documented how over 187 minutes, how for over 187 minutes, Benedict Donald, Donald Trump remained in a small dining room off the Oval Office 
watching the violence on television and rebuffing pleas by aides, congressional Republicans, and family members to call off the mob that he sent there in the first place. Okay, because, you know, I guess they were singing Tony Braxton's song, I Love Me Some Him, because they did it for him. Okay, this is, he's the one that sent them there. Um, and this was, uh, and the mob continued to, uh, and uh, you had people who, Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, continued to call senators in hopes of convincing them to stop the certification of his electoral college defeat. They wanted to slow down the process, okay? They wanted to slow down the process. Rudy Giuliani called, uh, he was trying to call Tommy Tuberville, Senator Tommy Tuberville of uh, Alabama, but accidentally called Senator Mike Lee of Utah. Senator Mike Lee turned that information over to the authorities, right? So if you look at this uh, briefly, New York Times has a good piece, five takeaways from the eighth hearing of the January 6th committee, five takeaways from the eighth hearing of the January 6th committee. And the first one, um, let me scroll down to this here. Uh, the first one, Donald Trump ignored a torrent of pleas to call off his supporters. Uh, members of Congress, aides, and his own daughter, Ivanka, made pleas for Donald Trump to call off the violence as it unfolded in front of him on television. He was enjoying this. That was probably the happiest day of his life. Um, but witnesses told the committee that Donald Trump not only ignored them, but repeatedly signaled that he did not want anything done, did not want anything done to stop what was taking place. I guess for him, that was must-see TV. Text messages and audio obtained by the January 6th committee showed that protesters uh, massing at the Capitol were paying close attention to Donald Trump's words, as they usually do, okay? He, he's, their, he's their savior. Um, and the difference between a religion and a cult is that in a religion, your savior dies for you, but in a cult, you're asked to die for your savior. Notice Donald Trump didn't give Nan one of these insurrectionists a presidential pardon. He knew they were gonna be prosecuted. He could have given them a pardon before he left office, he, he chose not to give them a pardon. And they're being convicted, going to prison for him. Guilty pleas has been over 305 guilty pleas. There have been close to 900 people who've been uh, arrested and charged. And more prosecutions, more people are being convicted. Now, Representative Adam Kinzinger, uh, who's a Republican from Illinois, he's the... Uh, only male Republicans, only two Republicans on the committee, uh, Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kissinger of Illinois. Uh, he helped, uh, Kissinger helped lead the hearing this past Thursday. He said that former President Donald Trump, after learning of the Capitol breach, resisted putting out a tweet saying, stay peaceful. He resisted putting out a tweet saying, stay peaceful. Uh, quote, he told Mark Meadows, chief, former chief of staff, then chief of staff, Mark Meadows, that the rioters were doing what they should be doing 
and the rioters understood they were doing what President Trump wanted them to do, end quote, Representative Adam Kissinger said, referring to what Donald Trump told his chief of staff, Mark Meadows. All right, now I, I want to go to this clip here. Uh, let's go to clip, uh, let's see, this is clip number two, Jalen. This is from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. So we spoke with, uh, when I was on on Friday, we spoke with um, uh, Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn. Now, Harry Dunn, uh, you, you've probably seen him in numerous interviews. He's an African-American police officer. He also, Harry Dunn also testified um, at a uh, congressional hearing as well uh, about what happened uh, that day. So let, let's go to this clip, uh, Jalen. <clears throat> polarizing society that we live in we, we, we can't continue this way where does it end you know look at like january 6th like look how close we were like you know what if we're not so lucky next time yep questions from my panel uh, i'll start with uh you kelly um hi friend um good to see hey. you um and we've talked about this several times specifically when it comes to how you have to conduct yourself within your own ranks, right? Because it's not just outside people who are uh, biased against what you're doing. My understanding is that you still have people within um, law enforcement, both in your division and others um, nationwide who do not agree with what you're doing. Um, so my question to you is, how do you reconcile the need and the duty to to tell the truth um, versus the perceived duty, rather, as a cop to be objective or apolitical, which effectively is to be silent? It's a simple answer for that. Um, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. What's right should be spoken on and what's wrong should be spoken against. It's just as simple as that. Um, Everybody has a moral compass and they know what's right and they know what's wrong. Um, I am very, I, I try my best to be very matter of fact when it comes to these, these interviews, to speaking out, to doing my job. I'm just very matter of fact. I try to keep opinions out of it. So, you know, if I'm wrong or I disagree with something, that's what, that's all that is. But when it comes to actual matter of fact, did this happen? Yes or no. Why did it happen? This is why it happened. And that's it. Um, but it's very important to continue speaking out on the truth. Like I won't be silent about that uh, because I believe in doing what's right. Michael. Hello, Officer Harry Dunn. Hey, it's a pleasure to talk to you, brother. You are a uh, real American hero and I uh, appreciate uh, everything that you do. Um, my question is, do you um, encourage uh, African-Americans to become Capitol Hill police officers. I know um, the January 6th insurrection and hearing from some African-American uh, Capitol Hill police officers and previous ones, they talk about the racism uh, that they have experienced as Capitol Hill police officers. So do you encourage more African-Americans to become Capitol Hill police officers? And maybe if you can share with us one or two reasons why you became a Capitol Hill police officer as well. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for your kind words. No, um, so I absolutely believe, not necessarily just Capitol Police, I encourage 
um, members of any community to be involved in their communities. Um, one mm -hmm. of the reasons believe that policing comes under such scrutiny and there a lot of times there are officers in communities that don't understand how communities work is because police communities, um, the police don't look like the communities that they police. Um, mm -hmm. the, right. Their representation, I mean, if you have a, a Asian community, you shouldn't be, you know, a 80% Asian community should not be 90% black police officers there. Um, and, you know, in any demographic that you want to choose or plug in to that, that communities need to look like and understand um, police communities need to look like the communities that they police. Uh, so I think it definitely is important. And I would encourage anybody in any community to join, you know, not just policing. It could be any kind of type of public service, uh, because, like I said, they, this this world that we're living in, it's, it's our job to to take care of it and to do it like people aren't going to do stuff for us. So whether that is uh, speaking out, uh, volunteering, helping, like we're here to give back. And um, I don't think a lot of people are doing that and they're depending on one or two people to uh, be a voice like for thousands and thousands. And uh, it, it's taxing. And I've learned that um, just be, being one of the officers who's speaking out like, you know, people jokingly call me a, a spokesperson. No, I'm not. I'm just speaking my truth. But um, right. about what's important to me. And there's so many. That's another. That's the thing. Like, there's so many. Everybody's familiar with my story. But there were hundreds of officers on duty that day that has a story to tell. And um, right. I need to get them to speak out and tell your story. This is what you do, coming out and talk. And for whatever reason, it's their choice. But a lot of people are not doing it. Okay, we're going to pause it right there. We're coming up on the break. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. Uh, we'll continue this on the other side of the break. That was um, Capitol Hill Police Officer Harry Dunn. And we were talking about the uh, 8th January 6th committee hearing. You listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel, 313-778-7600, 313 7600 is the call in number for every question or comment. We'll be back in a few minutes. 910 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media. We got the topics. Host of Michael and Hotel. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the Apple History Network show to do with current events and history and much, much more. We're going to give you an update on what's going on. This is about self preservation. We have to extinguish the fire of life Catching it right here on 910 AM Superstation. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right. Um, I want to go. We're going to go back to that clip here in just a second. And then also check out this article that April Ryan wrote for thegrio.com. Uh, Capitol Officer Harry Dunn says January 6th hearings bombshell finds trigger uh, findings trigger feelings of betrayal. Capitol Hill uh, Officer uh, Harry Dunn says January 6th hearings bombshell finds findings trigger feelings of betrayal. This is from uh, this article here is from July 13th, uh, 2022. Uh, the Griot called up with Officer Harry Dunn, who's African-American, and members of the January 6th House Select Committee 
as the panel continues laying out evidence uh, against former President uh, Donald Trump. Moments after Tuesday's shocking uh, January 6th uh, House Select Committee hearing, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn told uh, thegrio.com that he felt a sense of betrayal by former President Donald Trump, who did not initially lift a finger to stop the traumatic event that occurred on January 6, 2021. Harry Dunn, who courageously defended the Capitol against a violent mob of Trump supporters, said prior to the hearings, there was an assumption, there was an assumption of uh, about what Trump did or did not do to incite the attack or stop them. He said, quote, but now that the committee has confirmed it, it's no longer a thought or suspicion, given the breadth of uh, evidence and testimony from the committee, given the breadth and uh, evidence of testimony from the committee. It's confirmed and that's just betrayal, Harry Dunn said. It's confirmed and that's just betrayal. That's one of the toughest feelings I've ever had to deal with in my life. Now, uh, Republican uh, U.S. Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming on Tuesday. So this was the this was the seventh hearing that this article is about the seventh hearing. OK, the eighth hearing took place on Thursday, July 21st. This is about the seventh hearing that took place on Tuesday, um, right around um, uh, Tuesday, July 12th. Republican U.S. Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming on Tuesday, July 12th, dropped a bombshell at the 7th uh, and most recent uh, 7th January 6th Select Committee. Uh, Cheney is the committee's vice chair. She revealed that Donald Trump placed a call, placed a phone call to one of the panel's witnesses. The lawyer for the unidentified witness informed the Select Committee and in turn, Committee officials made the Department of Justice aware of the possible witness tampering. Okay, so read this article here written by uh, April Ryan, brilliant uh, journalist, African-American female journalist, April Ryan, and the White House correspondent for thegrio.com. Okay, so uh, on Friday, uh, July 22nd, when I was on uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered, we spoke with Harry Dunn, who... um, Rachel, uh, uh, who um, April Ryan uh, interviewed for the Grio, and let's go back to that clip. Um, I became a police officer. Like I, I use this. Uh, I, I kind of like have a Type A personality with a Type B heart. Like I'm, uh, I'm very passionate. I'm caring, um, but I also believe I have this. Uh, I mean, I'm six seven. I have a stature. You know, I command. I th- like to think I command a little bit of uh, at least attention when I come around and. Um, I know how to talk to people and I want to see people succeed. I truly believe in service and uh, public service and um, helping people. And I think that's what policing is about. Thank you. Matt. Officer Dunn, I want to echo Michael's sentiments. I appreciate your service and your forthrightness in talking about not only what you experienced, but making sure the truth comes to light. And I have kind of a difficult question for you, but I'm interested nonetheless How do you go to work every day and continue to protect people that not only disagree with you, as you alluded to earlier, but who have made political theater out of 
trying to deny what we saw happen in real time. I mean, how have you grappled with the fact that there are people you're continuing to protect who are not being honest about the fact that you had to protect them on January 6th from a riotous mob? How have you dealt with that? You know, like kind of like I said, I, uh, I realized that sometimes that things are bigger than you. It's not just about me. Um, I also realized that, you know, people use this uh, this term a lot. And I think it doesn't I think it's interpreted wrong a lot. You don't people need a seat at the table. Like, so what's the alternative to me not being there, to me leaving? Um, I'm not going to let anybody's opinion or their behavior force me out of doing something that I'm good at, something that I like doing. I'm not going to allow anybody to do that. I'm going to continue to do my job the way I believe that is the right way to do, um, because that's what's important. Uh, I'm going to continue speaking out against my truth. Uh, you know, what, what if, what if, just, you know, just counter your point, what if somebody says, you know what, how can I keep working around an individual like him who keeps speaking out against what I'm speaking about against? I mean, you know, what, why not look at it that way? I'm going to continue speaking my truth, um, what I believe is right. And um, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to, uh, I, it was difficult to uh, interpret, uh, to, to find another narrative, frame it how I could continue to do it. That was difficult to find out how to frame. But once I did, I'm like, you know what? This isn't, this isn't hard because doing the right thing shouldn't be difficult. And it, uh, it is for a lot of people. And, um, I, I can't, I, I can't live like that. So. Well, Harry Dunn, um, we appreciate uh, your service. We appreciate your, you being forthright, uh, not backing down, not uh, running away. Uh, and also, uh, last week when they had the hearing, uh, one of those, a former Oath Keepers, I believe, uh, the folks reported that he that he came up to you and uh, apologized and that you accepted it. Uh, and you tweeted, uh, no, it was he apologized. He said it was not accepted. That's correct. Like I said, it, it was acknowledged. Um, you know, I'm not against forgiveness at all. And maybe the gentleman, he was maybe he was uh, truly um, remorseful. That's fine. Um, but right now, I'm not focused on forgiveness. Uh, one thing I continue to say is we can't be focused. I can't be focused on forgiveness when I'm still seeking justice. Um, there's so many people out there that, uh, that, that still need to be brought to justice. And um, then we can start to heal once justice has been served. So. I agree with that uh, 100%. Officer Dunn, we appreciate you joining us on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Thanks, man. Glad we got to catch up. Indeed. Thanks a bunch. I was right there. Okay. All right. And then we're going to go to clip three here in just a second. Uh, now, also, one of the things that came out at the uh, January 6th hearing is um, Senator Josh Hawley, little punk, uh, Josh Hawley of Missouri. NBC News has this article and others and memes have been made and they're showing Josh Hawley running uh, out of uh, the uh, Capitol Hill, uh, out of the Capitol Hill building. After hours before, when he was outside, he raised his fist in the air in solidarity with the uh, insurrectionists that he incited because he was one of the early ones inciting the uh, insurrections even before they got there. Okay, there was a good article uh, from I think it, it may have been political. I'll try to pull up this article, but 
Uh, this piece right here from uh, NBC News, Josh Hawley, Josh Hawley, H-A-W-L-E-Y, seen fleeing from pro-Trump mob, he riled up with fist salute in newly released January 6th footage. So we got to see this at the uh, January 6th hearing, and we got to see this little punk running. Uh, he was running for his life. He was scared of these people. Mo most of these guys, you know, when you watch the... Um, when you watch the movie American Gangster with Denzel Washington portraying Frank Lucas, you remember Denzel Washington telling Chiwetel Ejiofor, who played his brother, uh, Huey, I think it was Huey, uh, was his name. He told him uh, the loudest person in the room is the weakest person in the room because Huey wanted to be like Nicky Barnes. So he wanted to dress flashy like him, things like that. And uh, Denzel was telling him, you need to tone down your appearance, get, you know, get a business suit, etc. He said the loudest person in the room is the weakest person in the room. That's Josh Hawley. Video of Missouri Republican Senator running away from the rioters elicited, elicited a burst of laughter in the congressional hearing room. And there have been memes made of him and memes, you know, uh, they play, they're playing the theme song from the Benny Hill show and showing him running like, you know, they would speed up the, the footage on the Benny Hill show. Senator Josh Hawley, the Missouri Republican who raised his fist in solidarity with the crowd of Trump supporters outside the Capitol on January 6th, was forced to flee rioters and new footage presented Thursday night by the January 6th committee. Hawley can be seen run, running through a hallway in the Capitol and then quickly making his way down a staircase with colleagues. The video, which lit up social media shortly after it was aired, was just what the video which uh, lit up social media after it was aired was taken just hours after the senator was photographed saluting protest protesters massing at security gates near the building. Now, here's a picture of this little punk running he, he's running for his life because these guys can't fight steven stephen k bannon donald trump these are punks the loudest person is the weakest person they talk all that stuff if stephen bannon goes to goes to jail i don't think he's gonna last too long in jail because these guys can't fight they have security around them you're not gonna have security in jail you, you you're gonna be in trouble um okay so check out this article here from, from uh ec news now, I want to go to this second clip here. And actually, because it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll say that to after the, but we'll go to clip three after the break, Jalen, because Roland comes to me and I'm not going to interrupt myself for the, for the commercial break. So we'll come back. We'll go to that when we come back for the break. Um, I want to go back to this article here from, uh and oh and then we have let me see do we have a picture of uh okay oh they showed it okay you know we don't have a picture of him raising his fist but we have a picture of him running that's good enough okay um this piece here from new york times i'm going to go back to this and actually here you see josh holly raising his fist okay uh, they have the video in the article for uh, from NBC News. And what happened was um, they read testimony 
at the at the White House at, at the uh, hearing, and a, a female Capitol Hill police uh, person who was interviewed said that it really infuriated her that Josh Hawley would uh, show solidarity with the crowd, and he was doing that from a safe space, and this uh when he did this this really riled up the clock riled up the cloud the crowd and it really uh endangered the the capitol hill police also to deal with uh this crowd that uh he incited even more and that was uh let me see where are my notes on that here i have some notes on that but uh i'll try to find them here on the break All right. But anyway, let's continue. Okay, so I want to go back to this piece here from uh, New York Times. Five takeaways. Five takeaways from uh, the January 6th hearing, from the 8th January 6th hearing. Uh, this is from New York Times, July 21st 2022 so the second one was uh trump never made a single call to law enforcement or the pentagon so police are being beat up i thought republicans love the police police are being beat up and trump doesn't do anything to protect them for 187 minutes he then puts out a tweet and he says uh the capitol hill police are on uh, on our side something to that effect and uh but he didn't say uh he, he didn't say don't beat up don't attack the uh, members of congress okay he didn't say that in his tweet and the people like the proud boys and the oath keepers uh they picked up on that also because uh they were able to play some of the communication between them and they commented that he he, he didn't say uh don't do anything to uh the people in congress just uh just don't uh hurt just don't harm uh the capitol hill police officers okay so trump ignored a torrent of pleas to call off his supporters trump ignored a torrent of pleas to call off his supporters uh members of congress aides and his own daughter ivanka made pleas to Donald Trump to call off the violence as it as it unfolded in front of him on television. But witnesses told the committee that Trump not only ignored them repeatedly, he signaled that he did not want anything uh, done. OK, he signaled he did not want uh, anything done. Now, uh, let's see here. I want to scroll down number three members of pence's secret service detail fear for their lives okay uh i'm sorry that was that was uh number one i just looked at this is number two trump never made a single call to law enforcement or the pentagon through a range of witness testimonies the committee demonstrated that donald trump never reached out to the heads of any law enforcement or national security or department or uh, national security department or agency in the government to seek help in responding to the coil of violence 
Fox News footage, which Donald Trump was watching from his dining room, showed how the Capitol Police were under siege, massively outmanned and struggling to repel the crowd. But Donald Trump remained unmoved. He's sitting up watching Fox News while the police that Republicans say they love are being attacked and assaulted by domestic terrorists. Uh, we'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iredify.com. Sign up for your membership today. What does self care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, Future Radio. All right. Uh, I want to go to, we're going to go to this next clip here in just a second. Uh, right, right before the break, we were going through this piece from uh, the New York Times, and this deals with uh, five takeaways from the uh, 8th January 6th uh, hearing. And the second takeaway was Trump never made a single call to law enforcement or the Pentagon. Trump never made a single call to law enforcement or the Pentagon. He sat up and watched Fox News. Now, the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, expressed dismay with uh, Donald Trump's response in his interview with uh, the January 6th uh, committee. He said, you're, you're the commander in chief. You've got an assault going on the capital of the United States and there's nothing, no call, no, no, uh, nothing, zero. General Milley uh, said in audio of his uh, deposition. Now, number three, uh, members of Mike Pence's, uh, Vice President Mike Pence's Secret Service detail feared for their lives, feared for their lives testimony from a White House security official who had access to what Secret Service agents in the Capitol protecting President Mike Pence were saying to each other over their radios showed how agents feared for their lives as protesters drew near. The committee declined to identify the official and masked the official's voice. Quote, there was a lot of yelling the official told the committee a lot of very personal calls over the radio, so it was disturbing. I don't like talking about it, but there were calls to say goodbye to family members, so on and so forth. 
it was getting uh, for whatever the reason was on the ground, the VP detail thought that this was about to get very ugly. Okay, and then uh, number four, new testimony bolstered Cass uh, Cassidy Hutchinson's uh, credibility. We know they showed uh, some testimony from um, uh, uh, Cipollone, uh, the former White House counsel also. Uh, the committee helped bolster the uh, credibility of Cassidy Hutchinson, the West Wing aide who provided dramatic and damning testimony to the committee last month and quickly was attacked by Donald Trump and his allies. One of the most significant disclosures from Cassidy Hutchinson was that there was an angry dispute between Donald Trump and his security detail in his car when the detail refused to drive him to the uh, U.S. Capitol to join his supporters. Testimony played on Thursday from an anonymous White House security official and a sergeant in the Metropolitan Police Department who was driving in Donald Trump's motorcade corroborated that claim, corroborated that claim. All right. And then you have um, number number five, even the next day, January 7th, Donald Trump would not say the election was over. OK, and he put out a recording that day. He uh, did not want to say the election was over in that recording. And the reason why he didn't want to say it's over is because they raised two hundred and fifty million dollars on the big lie. Uh, within two months of the uh, November election. So you can't keep raising that money. And, they, and they've raised more than $250 million because they kept raising money afterwards. You can't keep raising money and then come out and say, oh, the election's over. No, you, 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 he, he said they were using that money to file lawsuits and fight to overturn the election. So you can't then say the election's over. You have to keep going with the bit. This is what he was doing. All right. Uh, I want to go to this third clip here. Uh, so we were we talked about this uh, on Roland Martin and Filtered on Friday, and Roland played some of the uh, footage from the January 6th Select Committee hearing. And he played some of the uh, footage of uh, Donald Trump uh, recording his responses and things like this. So uh, in this segment here, uh, we talk about... Uh, Trump, uh, uh, Roland asked a question. Um, we, we're dealing with Trump could not admit that the election was over. Trump could not admit that the election was over. And Roland asked the question, why would anybody want Trump uh, back in the White House? Uh, let's go to this clip, please, Jalen. Yeah, Folks, um, if you wanted to see uh, how uh, sick and demented Donald Trump is, uh, they released these outtakes where he where he went to the Rose Garden and he was he was supposed to of course uh, accept what took place but uh, just could not bring himself to say certain words because he's pretty illiterate. Roll it. His staff had prepared a script for him to read, but he refused to use it. As you can see on the screen, you can see the script is stamped "President has seen." The script said, "Quote." I'm asking you to leave the capital region now and go home in a peaceful way. The president was urged to stick to this script, but he spoke off the cuff. Eric Hirschman and Nick Luna went with the president to film the message in the Rose Garden. Let's hear what they had to say and see the never-before-seen raw footage 
of the president recording this video message. Ultimately, these remarks that we're looking at here in Exhibit 25 were not the remarks that the president delivered in the Rose Garden. Do you know why the president decided not to use these? I don't know, sir. No, I, don't, I do not know why. Did the president use any written remarks, to your knowledge, or did he just go off the cuff? To my knowledge, it was off the cuff, sir. Good, Chase. When you're ready, sir. Yep. You're right behind me. You tell me when. When you're ready, sir. Who's, who's behind me? He's gone. He's gone around. We're all clear now. I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We had a election. Let me see. I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. When I got there, uh, basically the president just had finished uh, filming the video, and I think he was basically retiring for the day. Was there any discussion about the president releasing a second video that day? Not that I recall. When, the, when he finished his video, I think everyone was like, day's over. People were pretty drained. Were pretty what? Drained. Uh, when we say day, day over, there were still people in the Capitol at that point, weren't there? Now, there were people in the Capitol, but I believe by this stage, you know, law enforcement, and I'd have to go back and look, but I believe law enforcement was either there or moving in or going to take charge. I, I just say people were emotionally drained by the time that videotape was done. Then, of course, that was the speech Trump gave on uh, the day after, January 7th, uh, where uh, his sorry ass just cannot accept the fact that he got his ass whooped. Whenever you're ready, sir. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. You do not represent our movement. You do not represent our country. And if you broke the law, you can't say that. I'm not gonna, you, I already said you will pay. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defied the seat of dust. It's defiled, right? See, I can't see it very well. Okay, I'll, I'll do this. I'm going to do this. Let's go. 
But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? But Congress is certified. Now Congress is Yeah, right. Now Congress is I didn't say over, so let, let me see. Go, go to the paragraph before. Okay? I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday. Yesterday is a hard word for me. Just take that. The heinous the attack. Heinous attack heinous. Ah, good. Take the word yesterday, because it doesn't work with the heinous attack on our country. Say, on our country. Want to say that? No. no, no. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you supported that idiot for twenty for twenty, you have truly got to feel like one of the dumbest people ever for actually wanting that idiot back in the White House, Matt. I, I don't know if there's anything for me to add. I think you're right. I, I can add a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> Michael, go ahead. See, see, um, we don't understand white supremacy. This is this is what this is. This, go go look at Rusty Bowers, R Russell Rusty Bowers, House Speaker Arizona, testified in the January sixth committee. He refused to go along with overturning the uh, election results in Arizona. The day before he testified, he was interviewed. I think it was Associated Press. And he said, and they asked him, hey, would you vote for Trump again? He, he said, all things considered, he, he would vote for Trump again. He said Trump would be better, something to the effect that Trump would be better than a radical Democrat, things like this. And what, and, and he talked about how uh, Trump did good things uh, before the coup. So basically what they're talking about, I know what they're talking about when they say good things before the coup. They're talking about tax cuts for the wealthy. They're talking about 226 federal judges, ultra-conservative judges, lifetime appointments, so they can maintain control of the uh, legislative branch, uh, the judici judicial branch of the federal government. And they're talking about three Supreme Court justices to overturn Roe versus Wade and possibly other um, longstanding uh, constitutional rights as well. So they, this is why these people voted for him. Now, Rusty Bowers, he just wasn't willing to go to prison for Trump. But he's willing to vote for this domestic terrorist again. This is why the 2020. Well, well, well. The next day, the next day, he backtracked from that somewhat. They always backtrack when their ass gets caught. They always backtrack when they get caught. Just like uh, Representative Mike, the Senator Mike Braun, he backtracked when it exploded. When he talked about uh, states' rights, when it came to uh, I think it was uh, um, interracial marriage, 
I think that was what it was, the Republican, they always get, they always backtrack when the spotlight is on them. And then when it's safe, when it's safe to go back to their original position, which is how they feel, this is what they revert back to. Kevin McCarthy, when the spotlight was on him, he denounced Trump. Two weeks later, his ass is down kissing Trump's ring, no telling what else he kissed down in Mar-a-Lago. OK, and then he's supporting Trump and defending him. They always backtrack when their ass gets busted. The, the, the so thing, what we have to make sure that we do is vote them out of power and make sure they never get back in power again. This is about self-preservation. This this 2022 midterm election, this is the first midterm election since an insurrection since the 1866 midterm election, midterm election after the Civil War. This is the most crucial. I, I, I turn 51 in June. This is the most crucial midterm election I've ever seen or read about in modern history. So this is about self-preservation. So, all right, uh, 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. You can give us a call if you have a question, a comment. You can weigh in on the conversation or another topic. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Byron Allen. Byron Allen has purchased... The Black News Channel, which was in bankruptcy, and this is a good move, uh, multimillionaire Byron Allen. We'll talk about that uh, on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Network show will do a current events and history and much, much more. We're going to give you an update on what's going on. This is about self-preservation. We have to extinguish the fire of white supremacy. See, that's just our consequence. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right. Um, I want to go to this uh, next topic here. And this deals with uh, Byron Allen and the black news channel now we've been talking about we've been talking about the black news channel uh here on the show and when they went bankrupt and went off the air etc uh we covered that uh, well byron allen uh, this past week has closed the deal to purchase the black news channel for 11 million dollars which is good news um we know Byron Allen owns thegrio.com. Uh, they had a story Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Byron Allen's Allen Media Group acquires Black News Channel. Byron Allen's Allen Media Group acquires Black News Channel. Now, uh, so he bought it for $11 million uh, after approval from a Florida bankruptcy court, uh, according to a company press release. So, once again, this deals with law because bankruptcy was created by law and the sale of a company in bankruptcy is presided over by a judge. So you're dealing with law again. So all the economic empowerment gurus explain to me how you deal with economic empowerment and don't deal with politics. I'm still trying to figure that one out. 
politics. Now he's a multimillionaire, but still he had to deal with the courts and have to deal with the judges and have to deal with law to be able to buy this, uh, the black news channel. Now Byron Allen's Allen media group, which owns the griot has acquired the, the defunct black news channel out of bankruptcy from billionaire Shahid Khan, owner of the Jackson field Jaguars. Okay. We know Shahid Khan is Pakistani American and it's a shame that you didn't have more, uh, you didn't have uh, a consortium of African Americans to put up $50 million to, so uh, JC Watts didn't have to go to a Pakistani to finance the black news channel. I mean, let's be honest. You had Dr. Dre who paid $7 million for black folks to sing and dance and rap and entertain white people at the Super Bowl. He paid $7 million so they could do that. And we couldn't come up with $50 million to fund the black news channel. We can fund, we can pay $7 million so artists can entertain a largely white audience, but we can't finance the black news channel. So, um, Byron Allen acquired the network for $11 million after approval from a Florida bankruptcy court. According to a company press release, black news channel, uh, the black news channel provided a platform for several high profile commentators, including Charles Blow, Dr. Mark Lamont Hill, um, Yodita Walday, and, and et cetera. Now the Black News Channel started to close up shop in late 2021 with layoffs right before the Christmas holidays. The 24 seven news network went off the air in March, 2021 after two years amid several gender discrimination lawsuits and low low viewership. One of the reasons why they had low viewership because they didn't market it very well. Because a lot of when when I when when they went when they shut down, the news came out that they filed bankruptcy, they were going off the air. I posted about it on Facebook. So many people kept saying they did not know the channel existed. If they knew it existed, they would support it. I heard this over and over again. People said they did not know the Black News Channel existed. Now, Byron Allen's acquisition of the network will add uh, 300 million linear and digital subscribers to the AMG Allen Media Group uh, portfolio of assets, which includes 12 television networks such as the weather channel digital platforms uh uh digital platforms like local now hbcu go sports.tv the grio streaming app and the weather channel streaming app okay now i remember byron allen from i think it was the late 70s early 80s the tv show he was on real people okay at the, the same time, it was uh, this, the same era when the TV show That's Incredible was on. I remember that's when I first saw Byron Allen. He's come a long way since then. He's become a media mogul. Okay. Speaking of media moguls, Diddy couldn't buy uh, the Black News Channel? Well, not, not buy, but, I mean, he couldn't help finance it before it went bankrupt because Shahid Khan wanted a hundred million dollars early when, when the news came out that 
it went bankrupt and we know Roland Martin did a, a deconstruction of it and went through, explained everything. And we talked about it. I think I was on, I was on the show that day when he did that. Shahid Khan wanted a hundred million dollars for it because he invested 50 million into it. He wanted a hundred million, but because it's in bankruptcy court, all this, it ends up being sold for $11 million, $11 million. That's a good move for Byron Allen. It's a good move. We are excited to have been selected to acquire the Black News Channel, which has approximately 300 million linear and digital subscribers. So linear subscribers, linear TV is traditional TV where you watch a TV show uh, at a scheduled time and you watch it live. It's not DVR. It's not on demand. It's not on the digital app, which is OTT, over-the-top device, like Roku, Amazon TV. That's uh, that's an over-the-top device, okay? Linear TV is traditional TV. You watch the show live at a scheduled time. So it was uh, uh, was Queens. Queens got canceled. It's um, Godfather of Harlem. Because a lot of these TV shows, or Blackish, Blackish was just, they just canceled Blackish. But you watch Blackish live, ABC, whatever their time slot was, I think it was 9 p.m. You watch it live. Uh, it's not on the app, it's not on Hulu, it's not, you're not watching on uh, 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 on demand on Roku or something like that, okay? You, 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 it's linear, that's linear TV, that's the traditional way of watching TV. So it has uh, 300 million um, linear TV subscribers, uh, digital, uh, 300 million linear and digital subscribers. Uh, Allen Media Group will deliver a best-in-class network to serve the underserved African-American community and the advertisers who want to reach the extremely valuable audience. Advertisers are extremely important because that's like one of the number one ways they stay in business and make money and can pay their staff and, and can pay the uh, hosts of the shows and things like that. Uh, some cable stations are able to get a percentage of the subscriber fees, but a lot of them can't. But they but selling advertising is one of the, is one of the top ways they make money. So a lot of times people I hear, you know, uh, People say, oh, we need to build our own. We need our own. We need to build our own. 90% of the time, those same people don't talk about supporting our own. Businesses have to have customers to stay in business. Business, businesses have to have clients to stay in business. Radio stations have to have advertisers to stay in business. TV stations have to have advertisers to stay in business. You can build it, but how do you sustain it? So a lot of the times I hear these economic empowerment proponents and things like this. We need our own. We need to build our own black business, things like this. Yeah, but we need to support. We got to support the business, too. Otherwise, you're going to have a grand opening and a grand closing in the same month. If you don't support the business. All right. Now, Allen Media Group would deliver a best in class network to serve the underserved African-American community. And the advertisers who want to reach this extremely valuable audience, noted Byron Allen. Also, we appreciate the opportunity to provide cable operators, satellite companies, telcos, and 
digital platforms, diversity of ownership, voices, and viewpoints on their programming lineups by having a 100% African-American owned network. Okay, so that's good news as well. Hopefully some of, some of the other, you know, African-Americans with multi-million dollars and things like this, hopefully they, 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 they'll support him as well. Um, and we need to make sure, and this is why going after the advertisers is so important and advertisers are corporations. And a lot of times you get people who promote economic empowerment, but haven't built anything themselves who then say, going after corporations, you know, General Motors, Ford, Chrysler, McDonald's, even though I really don't eat McDonald's, but McDonald's, uh, Microsoft, Apple. Oh, you know, that's begging. We just need to build our own. Where do you think they got the money from in the first place? A lot of that money that they have in revenue, Amazon, they got from us. So let me get this straight. You're saying we're going to spend our money with these white-owned corporations. They're going to take our money and spend it with with, with white media and spend with white radio stations and TV stations and create jobs for white people. And we not take advantage of what we're financing. They have to spend, they have to spend advertising dollars with African-American owned media, African-American owned advertising agencies as well. Otherwise those businesses will cease to exist. You're going to have a grand opening and a grand closing. This to the African history network show on Michael M hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right, be sure to visit our website, um, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, our new website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. And we have the information there about the online classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, normally on Saturdays, uh, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. We're going to have a special session this Tuesday, July 26, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, because since I was tied up with the uh, Black Homeschooling Conference this weekend, I didn't get a chance to teach a class. Okay, so we're going to do um, we'll, we'll do it on Tuesday. Then on Sundays, normally 2, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I teach uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. So we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch them anytime. Even a year from now, two years from now, you'll still, you can still go back and watch the entire class. We have a special bundle pack right now. You get both classes for $100. Uh, if you've taken any of my online classes in the past, uh, email me at ahnshow at African. Um, email me at our new website, ahnshow at theafricanhistorynetwork.com. ahnshow at theafricanhistorynetwork.com. You'll get a 50% discount. All right, I want to go back uh, to this story here uh, dealing with uh, Byron Allen. Okay, it's a really good story dealing with Byron Allen. Byron Allen has purchased uh, the Black News Channel, so it's black owned, so people are making excuses. I don't want to watch it because it's not black owned, but you'll sit up and watch BET. Okay. But, oh, we don't want to watch it. It's not black owned. Okay. You watch BET. That's not black owned. That's owned by Viacom. In the past, in the past three years, Alan Mia group has invested over $1 billion to acquire 27 ABC 
NBC, CBS, and Fox uh, network affiliate, affiliate broadcast uh, television stations nationwide. In the, over the past three years, Byron Allen's Allen Media Group has invested over $1 billion to acquire 27 ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox network affiliate broadcast television stations nationwide. Its international television division currently has an active license agreements, currently has active license agreements and programming in South Africa, the United Arab Emirates, Australia, the Bahamas, Canada, and New Zealand. With a library of over 5,000 hours of owned content across multiple genres, uh, Allen Media uh, Allen Media Group also provides video content to cable television networks, mobile devices, and multimedia digital. So Byron Allen has become a huge media mogul. I know you got people out there call themselves moguls and stuff like this. You know, he's built an empire. Okay, he's built a real media empire. Now, the Black News Channel has uh, uh, carriage. Uh, on traditional linear packages via Comcast, Charter, uh, Cox uh, Cable, Dish, Dish Network, DirecTV, and Verizon, and currently has approximately 45 million linear subscribers. Okay, so that's uh, tr tr watching traditional TV, watching it live at a scheduled airtime. Okay, not watching on demand, not watching after you record it on the DVR, etc. Byron Allen reportedly plans to grow its distribution to approximately 80 million linear subscribers over the next six months. So, I mean, this is huge. This is going to create. So I want to see what the programming is like. I want to see who they're going to hire at the Black News Channel. I want to see who they're going to have on as panelists uh, because I'm going to make some calls because I, I should be on the Black News Channel as a panelist also. Uh, so I'll, I'll be making calls. Uh, some of you all, uh, so read this article here from thegrill.com. Byron Allen's Allen Media Group acquires Black News Channel. So some of you all heard me call into Reverend Al Sharpton's show, his radio show, Keeping It Real, uh, this past week for, for a second week. And I called in twice, I think it was twice this week, because I didn't get a chance to call in Friday. I was going to call in Friday and talk about the January 6th committee hearing that happened on Thursday, but I was busy preparing to be on Roland Martin and filtered because they send us like eight to 10 articles to read to prepare for the topic. So I didn't get a chance to call in, but I'll call in on Monday. And um, Reverend Al said, and many of you all who listen to the show heard me, have heard me call in or, and have heard him say it, say it, but he wants me to do a, a one hour segment on his show each week. Okay. Um, you know, because he has people talk about politics and news and things like that. So uh, I'm going to make that happen also. All right. Visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. If you want me to do a presentation for your group organization, if you want uh, me, if you want to interview me on the show, we have, um, there's an interview I did uh, June 26 for KFPA out of California, um, Sister Janine out of California. 
for the radio station there. And this is dealing with reparations and the California Reparations Task Force. So that uh, they're going to start, I guess it's going to be either this week or next week, they're going to start airing segments of the interview because she interviewed me for about an hour. They're going to start airing segments of that interview uh, on the California radio station. So um, she said she said she'll let me know once they start interview with uh, uh, airing those segments, because I said I'll come on some of the radio shows out there live and uh, they can interview me. But if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, email me at uh, AHN show at the African History Network dot com. That's our new website, the African History Network dot com. Email me there. AHN show at the African History Network dot com. If you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, either uh, in person or virtual, et cetera, if you want me to, uh, if you want to interview me for your show, uh, what have you, email me there. Uh, you can support the African History Network because this show doesn't happen uh, by itself. It this is not a magic wand. Uh, uh, so with all these shows, it takes money to keep us on the air. Uh, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills, et cetera. Um, we, we have the information on our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. We have the links there. And this is our official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W. When you go to it, it says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones here that are showing on the screen, and there's some other ones out there, are fake African History Network Cash App accounts that have been stealing money from us. Uh, their tag is similar to ours. I opened up an investigation, I guess it's been two months ago with Cash App. They're slower than Heinz Ketchup. I'm, I'm going to follow up with them Monday as well because uh, they should have shut these uh, ones down by now. All right. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, listen to the audio podcast. Watch the rebroadcast of these shows on our social media platforms. The African History Network on Facebook. Michael M. Hotep on YouTube. Right now, let's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching for a couple more minutes. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Okay. How's everybody doing? Uh, you can advertise with the African History Network also. Dollar sign. Uh, uh, email us at aho at theafricanhistorynetwork.com. AHN show at theafricanhistorynetwork.com uh, to uh, advertise with the African History Network show. And I got a, uh, I created this uh, commercial here because I broadcasted this. They played it today at the uh, Black Homeschooling Conference. Hotep, everybody. Hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecture writer, and historian. And I want to give a special shout out to everybody who has attended the 11th annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. I just want to take a few minutes, and uh, we had a great presentation that I did uh, on Saturday. So I teach two online history classes, uh, one on Saturday and uh, one on Sunday. On Saturday, the class that I teach, normally 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is called Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, 
understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. And this is normally a 10 week online class. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. We can't start studying our history and slavery. Even when we study the transatlantic slave trade, which is important to study, we can't start in 1619 or in the 1440s with the Portuguese, when the Portuguese get involved in the transatlantic slave trade. We have to understand the history chronologically and deal with the 800 year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors, who enter into the Iberian Peninsula today known as Spain and Portugal from North Africa in 711 AD. When we discuss the transatlantic slave trade, we have to first understand that African people are the original people of North, Central and South America and have been in the land we call the United States at least 51,700 years. Now, the second class I teach is on Sundays, normally 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called uh, From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Now, these classes are normally $130 and on sale right now, $60. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded, so you can go back and watch it any time. So a year from now, two years from now, you can go back and watch the entire class. With both of these classes, I would say the content is PG-13. So you can use this with your children as well if you want to. Um, also, you can advertise with the African History Network. We have three new advertising packages. Our current promotion is buy one month to get one month free. We have a million followers at our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. And with our platinum package, um, we'll take our ads on our Facebook fan page uh, for you as well to um, help maximize your advertising campaign. And we take your 30-second and 60-second commercial, we put into the rebroadcast uh, of our shows and also into the audio podcast of our shows as well. Uh, we only have 20 advertising slots because we have a finite amount of advertising space. Uh, email us at ahnshow at theafricanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at theafricanhistorynetwork.com, or call us 313-462-0003. All right, right now, let's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. IDO Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA and ACTA present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas. A Royal Pan-African Summit hosting keynote speakers and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African Royal Coronation Ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face -face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. The 
work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me and she's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Ido Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas a Royal Pan-African Summit hosting keynote speakers, and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African Royal Coronation Ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face -face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read e-books, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. <laughs> 